Hello and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I, as always, am Nick Axelrod Welk, joined as always by the wonderful Diamond Creek Bomb. You know that Diamond Creek Bomb has become the name that people, I mean, specifically my dad refers to you as. That's cute. You and your dad have your little inside joke about me. When my dad met you at Evie's birthday party, it was like he was meeting a celebrity. He was like... Really? Yeah, he was like, it's just so nice to like meet you because I've been listening to your voices and it's just so, it was so nice during like quarantine to be able to like listen to Nick, just like having a smart conversation with a friend. It made me feel close to him. Your dad is very intimidating. Really? Your mom was so sweet. So sweet. Yeah, she's a sweetie pie. Like the sweetest. Speaking of which, the reason why we did not have an episode last week is because there was a slight family emergency, but everything is fine in the Axelrod Welk Mayor's household. I appreciated the break. I was de- <laughs> I was brain dead. With everything happening, I still am. I don't know how to know. exist and move. I mean, woe is me, right? But like... No, it must be really crazy. hard for you. Can we just acknowledge that it's like really fucked up what's happening right now? Yes, number one. Number two, I had dinner in New York with a mutual friend of ours. You were still in LA, so it's not like we didn't invite you. Miss Alexis Page... <gasps> friend of the pod, and she said something which I feel like perfectly encapsulates where we are as a world, which is, it's the worst it's ever been. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't realize that nuclear weapons were, I guess, thousands of times more powerful than they were in World War II. Yeah, it's the worst it's ever been. Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Yeah. The boy that I've been (laughs) shacking up with is very practical. He's very intelligent. And he wants me to watch like these simulation videos of what would happen in a nuclear holocaust. And he thinks that's going to help me not worry (laughs) because he's like, you'll just die. Um, Sorry, guys. (laughs) I do want to I feel like we would be remiss in somehow, I don't know, complicit if we didn't like sort of stand with Ukraine. But I also find the like this public private life that everyone lives where you're sort of needing to publicly declare something about something you know very little about while also documenting your avocado toast. I don't know. Like it, I find it hard and discordant and like sometimes when I'm going on Instagram and I'm just talking about the invasion of Ukraine by Russian forces, it's like whiplash when I'm like looking through my Instagram stories and then someone's, you know, posting thirst trap like selfies of them with their like booty in the mirror looking back in like a come hither way. And then the next thing is like how to support Ukraine. Like, or literally the caption on that post. Is, like, or yeah, that. or even worse, there's this like really gay underwear brand called Andrew Christian. It's like kind of a porn star brand. And the founder of the brand <laughs> made a limited edition Ukrainian flag pair of underwear to support the it's the worst it's ever been it's and so certainly hard. this is not to make light of any of this this is just i mean i think we can make light of some of the reactions that people oh, are we can make like light that. of morons but i think that it's just i i just have a hard time zigzagging emotionally intellectually like between wanting to shut up and watch CNN all day or trying to live life and feel overwhelmed and anxious and upset at the state of the world. I feel like this is a running theme of like every one in four of our episodes. Yeah, feeling like giving up, but... Yeah, but it's also literally the worst it's ever been. 
I know part of me is like, should we just be doing our jobs and like being the clowns and the entertainment that people get every Saturday so. and like yeah. the escape? Or yeah. are we responsible thoughts that... T-H-O-T-S? Yeah, that wear Ukrainian underwear and support the cause. <laughs> I think that we should just be clowns and like, you know, consider like all the patrons we have on Patreon, the ones who are just like throwing shekels at our feet telling us to dance. You know what I mean? <laughs> what are shekels? They're the Israeli currency. <laughs> I've been learning a lot about Judaism. It is complicated. And Did you know if you convert when you're like a fully grown adult, you get a mitzvah? <laughs> Mikvah, I do. <laughs> I actually went, true story, I went to one of my friend's conversion parties. And at the conversion party, there <laughs> he had arranged for a fiddler on the roof. <laughs> Which I thought was genius. Is that like a Jewish reference? Do you know what the musical Fiddler on the Roof is? I've never seen it. No, you know the I've name. You've it, heard yeah. of Fiddlers and you've yes. heard of Roofs. Yes. Fiddler on the Roof, actually, the story, which is about a family that lives in what is now Ukraine, in a town called Anatevka, where basically the Russians were destroying Jewish villages. They were called pogroms. They would come and basically just set fire to Jewish settlements and force the Jews to leave. And that's sort of the backdrop in front of which this like family drama and musical unfurls. Do you know the song Matchmaker, Matchmaker? No. Do you know the song If I Were a Rich Man? Do you know the song by Gwen Stefani? I, yeah. Rich Girl. If I Were a Rich Girl. No, 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 Okay. No, no, no. So that, believe it or not, is based on a, another song. Yes. Okay, from I did Fiddler know that. on the Roof. I remember. Yeah, I recall now. Did Paul Newman play the Fiddler? <laughs> no. <laughs> Who's played the... Who, 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 Zero Mostel? Why does he look like... He looks like a hottie Paul Newman. Paul Newman is the most goyish, goyum, non-Jew. Okay, well... He, like, literally, like, exemplifies waspiness. He has steel blue, ice blue eyes. He looks like uh, he was from Shaker Heights. So, oh, my... Hold on. His father was Jewish. Paul Newman's father was Jewish. Yeah, Newman? That's a Jewish name, Nick. Even I know that. The son of Simon Newman and Hannah Cohn, Hungarian Jewish and Polish Jewish emigrants from Hungary and Vistula land. Tell me more about However, Goyams, Paul's Nick? mother was a practitioner of Christian science. Huh, who knew? Paul, Paul Newman, what a Jew. Anyway. Evie's the cutest baby in the world. I met her oh in person. Oh my God, Evie's a year old. This is the first time you saw her in person. She's such a beautiful, I know, why are we not supposed to say that? Can I just acknowledge, she's like so cute. No, And it's so thing. funny seeing her. But from she's, the... doesn't she seem so confident and smart? Well, no, because she kept on crying every time I looked at her. <laughs> she does have strange. <laughs> it was nature. really cute. When you guys left the room, she did like want to come over because then I started holding radish and she was like, no, 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 no. I'm like the head bitch in this house now. And then she like crawled over and like so freaking her chubby little hands. And then it was so funny. Was that the first time she had been around that many people before? Yes. Because she's a quarantine baby. And yeah. so on her birthday, it was like all these adults with their iPhones in her face. And <laughs> like, like chanting happy birthday. <laughs> and she's just wailing. She's having a total breakdown. She like, there's, I, there's a series of pictures that I have of her like getting this cake and then just like looking shocked and then... Uh, 
upset and then like she basically was hysterical and it was hard to calm her down but I feel like listen my whole approach the first birthday was that it was a photo opportunity it was not like a moment to remember because they don't even enjoy it and you know what maybe she'll make we got some cute pictures and hopefully we didn't traumatize her too much but we have a lot to cover this week so we should just get into it so I feel like the biggest news story in our industry in the past two weeks was the first scolding and then abrupt firing of John Dempsey, who was Estee Lauder's executive group president. And he oversaw brands like Mac and Tom Ford and Glam Glow. And, you know, Fabrizio Freda is the CEO. He's definitely like the person on top, but he's more of the business side of things. And John was more of the brand leader. He had his fingers and his hands in marketing and brand and creative and really worked a lot with founders that were acquired along with their brands to sort of help them grow their businesses. Anyway, he was fired. <laughs> but really, his his main job, he's one of the most prolific meme reposters that you've ever come across on the internet. This guy is... He's like a Reddit bot. He just... So we're bearing the lead. John Dempsey was fired after 31 years at Estee Lauder because he did something really dumb. He posted a meme that poked fun at the coronavirus pandemic as well as use the N-word. And you'd think it'd be hard to even find... (laughs) a meme that sort of was able to hit, you know, two birds, one stone yourself like that. But he did because he posted 50,000 memes on his Instagram account during the course of his Instagram career, which I would imagine is is going to be slowly coming to or has come to a halt. It was a picture of like Big Bird and Snuffleupagus. And one of them is in bed. And the other one's like, did you get Corona at the Chingy concert? Who's a, a musical Remember, artist? I didn't, I didn't do it right there. Right there was Chingy. Oh, but nice. there's the N word in there somewhere in the way one of them says it to the other. Anyway, what a moronic thing. It's funny you should mention that, like, it would be hard to find a meme that is offensive on all those points because yeah. they tracked down, someone on the internet tracked down where that meme originated. Which is where? It wasn't like it had been reposted a ton of times. So they were speculating that John Dempsey was deep in Reddit, because it was basically on like a very niche subreddit that it was created and posted and somehow made its way to John Dempsey, who posted it. But other than that, it hadn't really been popularized and like well, so what, that's times. so weird because like I worked, as some readers will know, at Estee Lauder for like 10 months, I think. I worked at Glam Glow very briefly and had maybe some like meetings with him, but I had talked about with colleagues how he had posted so many, like he was posting so many times a day on his Instagram account. And some of my colleagues had said or had, you know, posited that maybe like he had someone doing his social media. And I was like, there's no way this is too fucking crazy and weird for like a a paid social media manager to be like finding this like random stuff and posting it. I mean, it'll be like a picture of one of his brands like a Mac new launch but then it'll be a weird like grainy meme about don't judge a girl by their eyebrows like it's just really weird 
and he posted this racist meme. People rightly started freaking out and saying, how could you do this? This is tasteless. This isn't even funny. This is racist. And he took it down. Estee Lauder suspended him and then promptly fired him, I think, two days later. He's said to be retiring. (laughs) But what a way to go out. And one of the things that I've found, I don't know, puzzling... I'm not piling on. I don't know him well enough to have an opinion, nor is it my place to have an opinion about him and his belief system. But all of the comments, if you want to do yourself a favor just and have a little eye roll during your lunch break, look at the comments under his apology Instagram post in which he said that he made the horrible mistake of, quote, carelessly reposting a racist meme without reading it beforehand, to which I say... This meme was basically just text. So that doesn't make any sense. But he said he didn't read it. And that's why he posted it. And it's just like all of these people, some of whom he was the employer of, many of whom he's probably hosted at his home for events or done collaborations with or somehow given consulting work to, photography work to, saying, I know what's in your heart and you're not a racist. No one is as compassionate or generous and loving or as inclusive as you. Everyone who knows you knows how generous you are. And to which I say, we as white people do not get to accept an apology for racist behavior. That is not our apology to accept. It is not our place to let anyone off the hook for anything like that. And it's just funny that people with blue check marks are still feeling totally comfortable accepting a white guy's apology. I don't know. Obviously, he wasn't thinking or what or else why would he do this? Famously, Mac Cosmetics did, you know, hire RuPaul to front their Viva Glam campaign back in the day. John was intimately involved in those decisions. Those things are all true, but it's also true that he didn't see a problem with a meme where one fucking Muppet calls another Muppet the N-word. I don't know. I agree with what you're saying, so I don't want to minimize that. On a different note, he's just like, his whole public Instagram just reeks of bad taste and stupidity and it just surprises me that like he runs like a global department and like this like huge corporation <laughs> like publicly it's, traded it's insane that is it's insane i think to me the taste piece is you know not considering the racist meme the taste thing was very like old school mac it was camp it's not relevant right now it's but broad say- humor it's like uh, it's not like obvious. It's not stupid humor. He has like minion memes. Like, come on. But it's like <laughs> Elvira and like Austin Powers. But it's and, also like, don't talk to me before I've had my coffee. And right. Like, it's an old white guy's old. sense of humor. It's just feel it's like old humor. And we just need to think before we post. And if you think a post could be construed as racist... Air on the side of caution. Okay. I feel like John Dempsey is, this is the last time we'll talk about him on the show. Goodbye, John. Speaking of other old guard, <laughs> other news from the old guard, we have a few pieces of news from the old guard. Corinne Reutfeld, the former French Vogue editor 
and founder of CR Fashion Book, launched a fragrance called Kareen. And it is with tax, because I just bought it, 245 euro. Why did you buy it? Because I want to smell it. But new fragrances are launched every day. What about this one made you actually spend money? I'm curious. Hold on. I'm telling you about what the Another um, great fragrance. are. <laughs> Britney Spears, curious. Go on. <laughs> it doesn't actually say. <laughs> what? It doesn't say what it, it smells like? Say, it doesn't <laughs> say on the Kareen Reitfeld website she, what the fragrance is about. All you can do is it just takes you to like the add to cart. It worked on you. It worked on, no, I was just like, but I'm doing it for research purposes, but I will tell you, she did post some pictures on her Instagram and it says that the fragrance smells like pink pepper, vetiver, jasmine, and gardenia. The packaging looks like very Comme des Garçons fragrance inspired. In fact, it looks like it might be a collaboration with Dover Street or with Comme des Garçons. I don't know, but it looks very eerily reminiscent Anyway, I'll give my honest review on that. And finally, the last piece of old guard news. There's a new CEO at L'Oreal USA. Annie, tell me about him. Um, <laughs> I don't or know. Her. I haven't seen. Well, I can I guess? <laughs> yes, actually, <laughs> this is a good. So Annie hasn't read this story yet. Tell me about the new CEO. <laughs> He was probably like ran the finance department before his name is like Joel Greenbaum and he is a middle-aged white man. Okay, very close. His name is David Greenberg and (laughs) he previously served as the president of Maybelline, Garnier and Essie within consumer products for eight years. And then he also directed marketing for L'Oreal Paris. What's interesting about this appointment is that buried in this appointment of this guy to L'Oreal was the dismissal or the exit of another guy named Stefan Rinderneck. And it's very unclear why Rinderneck was shown the door. It says in this Global Cosmetics News article, he's said to have, quote, decided to continue his career outside of the group. But well, it sounds like he quit then, right? We don't know that he was dismissed. I don't think that someone who has been at L'Oreal for like decades, feel like, you know what, I'm just going to quit without another job and just sort of see where, where the world takes me. Because a man in his 60s has a lot of expenses, a woman too, but unfortunately, what if he just wanted to We don't retire? have enough women leaders in executive positions in beauty companies. My company has two. So there you go. And so does Cody. Can we like I feel like we need to like lighten the mood. Okay, so we won't do the palm oil shortages story right now. <laughs> no. Can we talk about how I am the um Nostradamus of beauty? Mm-hmm. Yes, tell us. Like the great thing is you brought receipts. I did bring receipts. And it's funny too because I saw it and I was like, huh, that's a great idea. That's a great idea what they just did. And then one of our readers DM'd us being like, didn't you come up with this idea? And she was right. So Supreme, our favorite gadget company. Machine. Yeah, like House of Collabs. Supreme has announced that they are launching a cherry chapstick in collaboration with chapstick if you are a reader of 
Eyewitness Beauty, you will remember episode 10 back in August of 2020. You have a timestamp for us? I do. 22 minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> Jessamine, just roll the clip. If they were going to do something for lip, I think they should have collaborated with like chapstick or something. I think that would have been very cool, like a cherry chapstick. You know, because like what they do is they kind of like elevate or de-elevate certain brands. So like either like, for instance, they're coming out with a Colgate toothpaste also this fall. That's interesting to me, right? Like and a Ziploc bag with their logo on it. OK, that's kind of what they've always done. It's like tongue in cheek, like, oh, we're going to make it cool and put Supreme on it. Or they'll do like Louis Vuitton. Right. But the Pat McGrath thing just feels too like. It's too high end, you think? Like it's too. It's too like, yeah, it's too, it's like, too fancy. Yeah, I think they should have done chapstick. Ooh, there you go. So apparently I came up with this idea. So while we have the Supreme Creative team's attention, do we have any new ideas we want to? Listen, I, I'm trying to get in touch about a collab for soft services. So, you know, throw a girl a bone or at least like a check because, damn, I think that this will do better than the Pat McGrath one. Yeah, hopefully they make a few more of them. One thing I just thought of is they just dropped a new collection today on the Supreme app, and I still get the notifications. They recently hired a new creative director, and I was thinking, like, Supreme is a brand that, like, could just kind of reinvent itself and become, like, incredibly cult hot again with just, like, the right person who just makes things, like, actual, like, fashion items. The funny thing about Supreme was that it was always like a Gildan t-shirt. You know what I mean? Like the cuts weren't interesting. The fabrics weren't even nice. It was literally just about the logo. And that was sort of the point. That was like the counterculture thing is that we're literally just putting our logo on a champion hoodie and that is Supreme. But I feel like then everyone else did that. And now what I really want is like interesting clothes that fit nicely that you know, are comfortable or like doing something interesting. I got my yay gap hoodie finally after like 10 weeks. It's the best hoodie I've ever owned. That's what I said. I talked about it on the podcast. Oh my God. (laughs) It's so thick. It's It's so so cozy. The color is like the most beautiful blue. It's like the perfect cropped length. It's like blousey in all the right places. It's perfect. And I'm like, okay, like if Supreme came out with, you know, that mixed with really cool accessories, mixed with the Supreme Swiss Army knives and the Supreme, you know, Timexes and all the other shit that Supreme does. But like in the context of like an actual directional fashion accessories brand, I feel like that would be interesting. But I guess now that Carlisle Group owns the majority stake in Supreme, really what they need to do is quickly recoup their investment. And so they're just probably just trying to like expand to more territories and make more product and sell more, right? And open more stores. I guess like that's the big thing in beauty and like for brands right now is <laughs> they're back to stores. They're like D to C. <laughs> that worked for a bit. Now it's getting really expensive to acquire customers on Facebook. And we want a place for people to come and shop and make content. And blah, blah, blah. It's funny you should say that because I was just reading and I, we weren't even going to talk about it, but Barreto doubled their revenue. I Yeah, recently. I told they, you that. Yeah. I Well, no, you didn't tell me that. I read I the same article that, that you did. <laughs> Which I thought, number one, we love Ben Gorham. So congrats. That's awesome. Number two, that's not a D2C brand. That is a very traditional retailer brand, right? They're in Neiman Marcus. They're in Bon Marche in Paris. They're, you know, like that's sort of like where they exist and where they grew in the, what do they call it? The counter, like the beauty counter at those department stores. 
And their makeup was a runaway success. And I think they've expanded the fragrance portfolio in a smart way that has attracted more customers, less complicated fragrances, maybe more sort of easily understandable and more universal fragrances. And they're launching skincare. So they're like on fire, which I think is awesome. But shows you that like people actually want to shop in stores because the only way you would discover Byredo is in a store. Yeah, but I feel like they're all the like, what are they calling it? The byproduct, which is like their new, like really high end merch line is just kind of like a marketing play in a way, because I think that they don't make a lot of them. I do really like the coats that they just came out with, which are like duvet. The down coats. Yeah, but they sold out like day of, which I'm sure they're selling well and there's a high demand for them. But it also tells me they made like a very small amount. It just to me shows that there is that the strength of the go into a store, smell a fragrance, try a makeup product with the right brand image. And Byredo is like a refresh on that like department store beauty brand. If you ever have gone to like a nice department store in the last couple of years, just even looking around at all the little like shopping shops, like Byredo's is like the chicest and like the most modern quote unquote. There's like marble and wood or it's like, it'll be very conceptual. And it just really stands out when you think of like the other crowded ones with lots of model photos and merch units and shit. Can I just say one more thing about Supreme, just in case like they are still looking to us for product ideas? Yeah. They have to make beekeeping kits. We have to save the bees. Think of how many people would get into beekeeping if Supreme made like beekeeping kits. The little houses, the suit. My only concern with that is I don't know anything about beekeeping, but I would imagine that it's like pretty difficult to do. And so I wonder if if they created these kits. I understand that. But if they made these kids, people bought them. I feel like we might kill more bees than we save because the kids on Lafayette Street would like line up to buy the beekeeping kit. Then they'd order bees and then they would be like, oh, wait, like, I don't really want to be a fucking beekeeper. And then like the bees would die. No, they have people that will come and get your bees from you. Have you ever watched like when people find a bees? What do you call it? A nest? Nest. In hive, 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 hive. 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 <laughs> you said that with such certainty, Nick. I knew it was <laughs> I was like, oh, a bee nest. Yes. (laughs) They find like a beehive in like the rafters in their home and they need somebody to come and remove it. And and an exterminator will just come and like kill the bees. But people like this woman on Instagram or TikTok will go and carefully remove the hive. She'll find the queen bee. She'll put her in a little like clip and put her in like her portable little hive home. And then the bees will slowly make their way over she can rehome the bees that way and take them to greener pastures. That person needs a reality show. Yeah, it's fascinating to watch. It really is. I feel like the other story that we would be remiss if we did not cover. Which one? Is a little brand called The Outset. The Outset? Is that the ScarJo company? Yeah. Did you do your research? Yeah. I'm going to do my research right now live on the air. So Scarlett Johansson decided not to partner with a big beauty company and launch her own brand that way. She decided to do it direct to consumer with a co-founder. And she just launched, I guess, last week, this brand, which is called The Outset. It's called Consciously Clean Skincare, as opposed to Unconscious. <laughs> Unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a micellar cleanser. There's a serum There is a squalane daily moisturizer. It's radically inclusive. 
Radically inclusive. And weirdly, though, it's not cruelty-free. They love to test on animals, it says on the site. You're lying. I'm lying. This is called Firming Vegan Collagen Prep Serum. Remember, like, the poetry that you would put on the fridge? Mm-hmm. This is, like, kind of like they took magnetic poetry with, like, skincare words and just put them into a brand. Squalane Moisturizer Firming Vegan Collagen Prep Serum. Gentle Micellar Antioxidant Cleanser. Simplify your skincare routine with my three products. Ugh, guys, there's enough beauty products. There's enough skincare. It's, it, there's enough. There's enough. We can stop. We can stop. Scarlett, you are like an A-list actress. You Has she won an Academy Award? Scarlett Johansson Academy Awards. She's 5'3". I do like her because she's 5'3". Short girl solidarity. Has she won an award, though? She's been nominated twice, once for A Marriage Story and once for Jojo Rabbit. I say keep working towards that, Oscar, Scarlett. I love you regardless, but we don't need more beauty products. I mean, if you were consciously clean, then you wouldn't be putting more stuff into the world, right? Am I crazy? Is this like... Nick, who I'm has you reading, scared? Reading, who has you scared at Scarlett Johansson? <laughs> I'm reading the FAQ, and one of the questions is, "Where does the brand name come from?" And the answer is, "The outset literally means quote from the start or at the beginning." Our founders, Scarlett and Kate, created this brand for anyone who wants to begin again, no matter where they are in their skin journey. The issue with the outset is it doesn't feel like a skincare brand, right? It'd feel like a good name for like, if like there was like a direct to consumer cornhole, you know, like kit or like hopscotch chalk kit. And it was like all things to like do outdoors and they come in a set, the outset. Since there is no FDA standard for clean skincare, we hold ourselves accountable instead. What? We have eliminated over 2,700 ingredients of concern from our formulas, banning those that are questionably sourced or potentially harmful. Guys, you could put any number there because a lot of ingredients are banned <laughs> from skincare that would never go in skincare to begin with. We consciously formulate without arsenic. Yeah. I think what she wanted to do, I read a bunch of the articles. She did a big press blitz to launch the outset. I think she felt like she wanted to create her own brand express her skincare philosophy on her own. And I guess in a lot of the articles, she talks about how even like on sets, she'd be like the most knowledgeable person. She was like a skincare obsessive and a skincare junkie, allegedly. And so this was sort of the natural progression from her, like all the nerdy stuff that she had researched. The one thing I will say is word on the street is Scarlett Johansson is like a very cool, very smart <laughs> interesting person take that for what it is you had nothing that well i just mean like she's smart and so like yeah. a smart person is gonna like do good research and release something that's like at least not yeah, bad actively bad i think you can be a smart person with knowledge of a category of things and like a hobby that you really care about without starting a company you know what i mean but like tell me why does human race get a pass from us but the outset doesn't i take the same issue with human race Oh, really? I think that at least it looks different. At least it came from a, like a really authentic story that like Pharrell literally has not aged and looks incredible and like was always talking about his dermatologist that he worked with who like told him to use these certain things. And then he created the brand with that dermatologist in refillable packaging that looked unlike anything else that existed. Like to me, that at least is new. Okay. 
I still think that there's too many like facial skincare brands. The redundancies in our industry are like a huge problem. They are. No, there are. But like, that doesn't mean that people who want to start a skincare brand shouldn't. No, but I don't know. I said my piece. You're not changing my mind, Nick Axelrod. Welk. Fine. So here's one little piece of bright light. Dries Van Noten, the sort of like sleeper hit fashion brand or or also like the fashion editor's fashion brand. It's like the cool Brooklyn mom fashion brand. Yeah. And I also know like when I used to work in fashion, it was the brand that all the editors would wear and be obsessed with and collect like the knitwear and the suiting is really good. And anyway, they are launching their own full beauty collection. They already have a set of eau de parfum available on the site, though it's I think only actually I misspoke it's only available in stores right now and then i just saw on instagram today that they're launching lipsticks i don't think that would be necessary from dries van noten but i feel like the perfumes could smell good like color me curious oh and there's one final story that we've been specifically asked to comment on well no we need to talk about the palm oil crisis If you're wondering what russia's invasion of ukraine has to do with the beauty industry and like personal care industry The price of palm oil is skyrocketing because apparently a lot of sunflower oil is sourced from Russia. And now that they're on everyone's shit list, everybody's replacing what would have been sunflower oil in their formulas and products with palm oil. And so the price of palm oil is going up. And I'm freaking out because it's in some products. Nutella. It's in Nutella, but also beauty products. The last piece of news that I wanted to cover was the drama surrounding an ingredient in Olaplex. Have you been following this? You sent me this story, but when I saw like birth defects, I was, I kind of blanked out. (laughs) (laughs) So Olaplex, which was the kind of like breakout hair brand in Sephora, it went public at a sky high. Very successfully went public. A very successful public debut, and they had all these patents or pending patents for different technologies. They are getting called out for an ingredient that I guess they no longer formulate with as of today, but existed in their products that are still probably in homes called Liliol or Butylphenolmethylproponeol. This ingredient is being banned for allegedly being linked to infertility, but The person that I go to when times get tough and when I'm trying to make sense of a sort of scary report like this or a scary headline like this is Lab Muffin Beauty Science. She has a PhD in chemistry and she's incredibly smart. Her name is Michelle Wong. She has also 350,000 Instagram followers and a YouTube channel. You can read more on her Instagram page, but what she explains is number one, well, basically what happened is that the EU is banning this ingredient based on data that has been made public. The data (laughs) is based on studies performed on rats. So number one, Mm -mm. humans are not rats. Mm -mm -mm. Fragile creatures. Well, actually, (laughs) I feel like if it would kill a rat, that's kind of saying a lot. So basically, rats were the most sensitive species involved in these tests. There was also mouse and dog data that was reviewed. Horrible. I feel so bad for these animals. Why are we not canceling the EU? What is happening here in these testing labs? Number two, like the actual amount of this ingredient that you would ever be exposed to is 80 times less than the amount that would be expected to have a negative effect. 
and you're using them on your hair, on this ingredient on your hair, which she says is dead and also not inside your body. It's not like you're putting it on your skin to be absorbed. So you're just even getting less of this ingredient anyway. And so basically what she concludes is that this is a cautionary ban, but not to get too worried about this ingredient. So if you love Olaplex, it sounds like there's plenty of other things to be anxious about in the world. And your shiny hair is probably not the most pressing one. The news here is that there's really no news. (laughs) The news is that there's no news. And with that, I think that concludes top stories, right? It does. Now it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Are you talking about product of the week? Yes. Yes. (sighs) Okay. I feel like last time you started, so this time I'll start. And as you guys know, sometimes it's a beauty product. Sometimes it's just, it could be a trend. It could be anything because it's our podcast and we pay for it. So here's what I'd like to draw everyone here's attention to. I think I've talked about on the podcast how... In recent years, I've been drawn to buying things on Etsy or on like small shops on Instagram or individuals on Instagram. Just I like the idea of shopping small and actually shopping small, not like a small brand, but actually just a person who makes something. It's what I'm into right now. I stumbled upon this Instagram account called Perfect English Stuff. Perfect English Stuff, one word. And it is effectively a family-run antique store on Instagram. And they post everything from framed pressed seaweed to antique milk jugs to candlesticks. Oh, I love these candlesticks, these swirly candlesticks. Yeah, they're amazing. To antique needlepoints, paintings, all sorts of like antique British ephemera. You have to DM them really quickly because it sells really, really, really quickly. Look at this. If this doesn't scream Annie, I don't know what does. No, Nick, you don't know me at all. This, this is, is a Victorian love token in layers of molded and cut out paper. They have just gorgeous things that are in fabulous condition. That's stunning. Stunning. It's a vase. I got this like miniature oil painting, antique oil painting from the 19th century. Wow. Which is in like perfect, perfect condition. It's of like a woman kissing a guy through a window. Wow. Shouldn't Um, that be in a museum somewhere? I know. It's so cute. And I got a framed piece of pressed seaweed. Oh, look at you. In like this really pretty gold frame. All antique. A lot of artwork, it's mostly frame. Yeah. 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 And you don't even think about it, but I love it. And it's really cute. Well, that's the sign of a good frame. Yeah, it's true. The prices are really good and you can find like unique things. I thought it was called tiny English stuff because I think just most of the stuff is small. So it's really good for small apartments. Just like you need a little framed thing for your bedroom or like, you know, it's hard to collect art because art can be really expensive. That's why I think going the antique route can be a smarter way to cover your walls with things that aren't just posters, which I have a lot of anyway, but they sometimes have full China collections They have like really cool stuff, perfect English stuff. And they're very delightful English, charming people who run the account. Sounds great. I'll check them out. Look at these antique China perfume bottles. I love that. Anyway, what do you got? So I took up watching The Bachelor over the first quarantine. So I'm aware of The Bachelor universe now and kind of like all the storylines and every season 
when it's The Bachelor, there's like one date where he takes a single girl on like a huge shopping spree. And she hits all these bags of like beautiful clothes. She takes them back. She's always like the humble girl that's like, wow, this has never had, I've never had an experience like this before. This is like, this is a fairy tale dream come true. This is the best day of my life. And she comes back to the house with all the other girls with all these shopping bags. And they're like, what the fuck? You know, they get really like jealous. And then because they go he took to- her out. He took her shopping too. Yeah. So I had, I realized I had my bachelor date moment in LA because, you know, weed is legal. Marijuana is legal in LA. You can just go to the store and buy it. And before dinner one night, I asked my friend who I was staying with, oh, can we run by MedMen to get supplies to hold me over until the next time I'm out here? MedMen is a weed store. It's a weed store. That's like was modeled after like an Apple store. So you can kind of imagine it's like a hell on earth. Um, (laughs) How cool that turns out. (laughs) (laughs) So I filled this basket with our favorite brand of edibles, Kiva. Kiva. Habanero. Yes. Well, you introduced me to the habanero, pineapple habanero, which are great. I think there's five milligrams of THC in them. But because I was there, they have all these other flavors. So I was like, oh, this one is supposed to make you more social. Like, I'll take two. This one, like, excites you. Great. And so I got, like, basically, like, two of each and some of those, like, bliss pins and whatever. And I also got some for my (laughs) co-founder as well. So it was, like, a lot of stuff. And I go up to the counter and... He's like, oh, this is all together. How much? I mean, it was like, it was a lot. It was a lot. I feel like that's the other thing about weed in these stores. It's like $90. And it'd be like, I just got like 10 gummies. Like, how can it be $90? It was more of money than like I would be comfortable like putting down on any single purchase. It would make me wince a little bit, but like I could do it, which I obviously thought that I was going to do it. I wasn't expecting this magical like bachelor moment to happen, but it did. And... Yeah, I like waltzed into dinner with my like big red Medmen bags. <laughs> and I really felt, you know, I felt like Heather like P from woman. The Bachelor. <laughs> Except you just were like, just said gone shopping for drugs. <laughs> That's beautiful. Anyway, so Kiva like gummies <laughs> are, my, are my product of the week. All the flavors, they're great. They actually Hold on, but do so work. Tell like us, so have you tried all the other ones? Like, does yes, the one that. Then, yeah, because then I had to go to like a party with people I didn't know. And I was like, I still try this social thing and see how that happens. And it was great. I was very social, very charming, making great jokes, not saying anything What flavor stupid. is that one? I think it's like sparkling pear or something. They're all great. You should just, whatever you need, if you need to be social, if you, they have one to go to sleep at night, they all work great. My computer's about to die, so I think we should end this episode. Okay, love you, mean it. Eyewitness Beauty is produced by Jessamyn Molly of Seaplane Armada. Our theme music, Danny Prezant. Our cover art, Simon Abronowitz. Hi at eyewitnessbeauty.com. Nick at eyewitnessbeauty.com. Annie at eyewitnessbeauty.com. Yeah, follow us on Instagram. And also you can check out our Patreon. And uh, I guess that's it. Until next week. See you then. See you then.